What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 12 DFS MVP. I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com. As always, with my trusty co-host, Mr. John Daigle. Daigle, welcome to uh, part two of Week 12. It's been a long week, sir. Nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, it has. Nonetheless, uh, we've, we've pieced together a couple, a nice little winning streak here. Two weeks ago, saw some winning lineups in the in the 4 for 4 Discord uh, because of our Tony Pollard and Cowboys defense corollary call on Sunday morning. Uh, on Thursday, I was overweight and exclamatory about Mac Jones double stacks. And uh, that naturally, just in having Mac Jones, led us to also play Justin Jefferson, just totaling that game script overall. So yeah, a couple big weeks here now. Still trying to catch up from the first, you know, nine weeks of the season, but uh, over half the season left, if you consider playoff slates as well. So we're on a roll, hopefully, hopefully to keep it going here on Sunday. Yeah, it only only takes uh, only takes one week to uh, recoup a bad uh, entire season, really. Mm-hmm. And and one big thing we saw last week was the um, return of uh, the the low owned winning GPP lineups. I mean, when okay. when we talk about regression, these things happen in all forms. And and I mean, the the chalk isn't always going to hit like it has all season. Um, these numbers typically are going to normalize. I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing that down the stretch. Um, going to be a, a, a tough week to get away from like super chalky builds uh this week but we'll talk about that in a second before we get into our decision point i just want to let everybody know if you haven't seen on our twitter um or anywhere else and some of our free content this week black friday to cyber monday sale the best deal you're going to get all year uh go to four for four.com slash plans you could get subscription to our dfs plan for only 14 dollars. get access to uh the site for as little as four dollars and 44 cents that runs through cyber monday whether you're watching this now or listening to uh listening to the audio when it drops um that plan is available through monday so uh get signed up for that before kickoff tomorrow uh, that that plan goes through uh, Super Bowl week, so uh, still plenty of value left on that. Just fourteen bucks for the DFS subscription. As we do every single week, uh, we look at one major decision point that is going to be sw- what we think will swing either our decision or fortunes in DFS. What uh, stands out to you this week? Do you think? And projected blowout game scripts, the Chiefs over 30 point team total, the Dolphins, although it is swinging down now, Dolphins still, though, even in a dipping total projecting for a 20 and a half point team total. Do you think their passing games build this lead and thus lead up to what we consider to be chalk? Uh, Jeff Wilson, for example, for Miami, Um, for the Chiefs, you can kind of go a lot of different directions. Travis Kelsey, if you can get there, is obviously the best play at his position on this slate. So overall, do you think the passing games get there? Because if not, then the slate is practically wide open, honestly, and you can get away with any quarterback. Uh, We're going to talk about a couple that are not Tua or Patrick Mahomes. So that's what I'm just kind of figuring out right now is how to piece together these these offenses or do we think they'll be spread out and thus not matter for ceiling games? The the way the chiefs have been playing um, the way Patrick, the, their passing rate relative to expectation, the way that Patrick Mahomes efficiency, how they've been scoring the fact that they typically uh, keep their foot on the gas. I, I, I find it hard to imagine a scenario where the chiefs get there um, without the pass games get getting there. Uh, the dolphin spot is tricky because they are a team that doesn't play that fast, but they 
do pass at a relatively high rate relative to expectation. And when they do get there, it's through explosive play. So they make up for their relatively slow play with crazy efficiency. So, I mean, you kind of have to think that the way they've been scoring that if they get there, it is through these explosive plays. If they do build this big lead, it's probably just not by grinding out, even though their running back is in a really good spot. I think that they probably get there. Even chalk Jeff Wilson gets there probably because Miami has been very efficient on those, uh, those deep passes that they've really thrived on this year. So I don't think it's a spot where I'm necessarily shying away from the big spreads um, just because of how these two teams play. And I'm not even saying fade Jeff Wilson because this week with Wilson and Rashad White, Leonard Fournette, who was ruled out before we started recording on Saturday, it does really shape up to be Mark Ingram and Deontay or Dearness Johnson week like last year where we have two 30, 40% running backs and like, you basically have to play them in winning tournament lineups, in my opinion. Uh, maybe maybe we'll talk about that more as we go along. But yes, like I can see myself playing Tyreek Hill with Jeff Wilson, even without Tua. Uh, Jalen Waddle projecting to be under t- 10% rostered, so I can see myself going there. So yeah, I think there are a, a lot of different ways you can play it, especially if because for Travis Kelsey, it seems like Mark Andrews may be higher rostered than Travis Kelsey because it is a tighter slate if you're trying to pay up for Adams or Tyreek, and thus it's hard to get to Kelsey, which naturally tells me I think he may go under-rostered compared to like what he should be. Yeah, I mean, I it's always, especially on DraftKings, it's always tough to imagine that Kelsey is just crazy on because it's always tough to get that um, expensive, super expensive tight end on DK. On, on FanDuel, I think he'll probably be where we expect him. Um but uh, but I'm gonna have to. I'm after we get off this pod. I'm I'm doing my uh, big ownership sweep. So I'll definitely take a look at, at that. Uh, your point about Rashad White um, and um, Jeff Wilson and others is where I'm really looking at on this slate because, like you said, like these guys could get crazy ownership. But we have a lot of cheap running backs this week. We got Rashad White. We got Latavius Murray, Jeff Wilson, um, even Antonio Gibson uh, is affordable. Um, I I'm very interested to see one how heavy ownership ends up on particularly Wilson and Rashad White and if it opens up uh ways to either lean into that chalk or to go to plays like Gibson Latavius Murray and then on top of that it opens up the door for tr- we haven't really had like true flip the build opportunities this year and if everybody's doubling up on on cheap running backs whether it be like two chalk guys or a chalk guy and a, a, a like a second tier ownership guy um like uh, latavius murray like does this give us a really big opportunity to flip the build with the the christian mccaffrey's Derek henry's of the world so <clears throat> i mean are are you how are you handling like four viable pay down chalk running backs i think it's clear that the two pay downs are going to be Rashad White and Jeff Wilson. And again, I don't mind it where I start getting confused, not confused, but where I start cringing and trying to pivot is because I think Ken Walker is going to be around 25 to 30% rostered. And if that's the case, that's the area I'm looking to pivot because we do have ceiling running backs in his range. We do have James Conner, Travis Etienne, just to name a few, you can easily get off on. Uh, So that's where I'm looking to pivot. Not so much the values on DraftKings because I think, Jeff Wilson, who you know already outtouched most, or twenty-two to twelve last week, was already commanding that backfield. And Rashad White, 
out-touched Keyshawn Vaughn 13-3 last week whenever Leonard Fournette got injured in the second quarter on. So I'm not really looking to get off those players given their cheap salaries. I would much rather go up and say, well, Connor out-touched Keontae Ingram 16-1 to before starters got benched. Why wouldn't I play him in one of the highest totals of the week? And so those are the spots I'm looking at as opposed to the cheaper guys getting off of. Yeah, I, I think the the way I'm handling this is if we do get to late tonight, early tomorrow morning, and it does look like uh, Wilson and, and Rashad White are going to be lapping the field in terms of ownership. Uh, one, I, I just don't think it makes much sense to ever play those two guys together if they're both going to be like plus 30%. Um, and number two, it's just like if if we are going to – flip the build is there a way that these cheap running backs don't hit absolute ceiling games and and i think there is because with jeff wilson or rashad white we have um players that are on teams that have very dominant um like can have very dominant pass games and pass catchers that can obviously dominate uh touchdown scoring um the, the Buccaneers uh, with, with Godwin and and Evans, and then Miami, obviously, with Tyreek and Jalen Waddell. Um, with Latavius Murray, I mean, it's easy to say how the ceiling doesn't get there just because it's Denver. Um, Antonio Gibson, kind of the same thing, the, the low-scoring, um, slow-paced Washington-Atlanta game. So I, I think there is a way that like all of the cheap running backs don't hit absolute crazy ceiling games, and if that's the case, then these higher-priced guys can separate from them in a ceiling manner. So if you think there are avenues where these cheap guys don't go, don't go crazy and basically um, cancel out the ceiling you get from the Ecklers and the CMCs, then I think it does make it an interesting uh, tournament week to, to get really funky with some salary, but um, cash games, I, I think we're pretty much locking in um, these cheap guys. And honestly, like the stacks I'm looking at right now, um, I'm not I'm not worried about playing Wilson and White together in tournaments because like I'm looking at, you know, the double stacks here that are going to be less than 12% combined with ceiling outlooks, uh, at least what I'm targeting right now. And I am waiting on some injury reports in particular for one specific game. I may try to stack up. But overall, yeah, right, right now I'm not too worried uh, about playing those two in tournaments just because. I think Justin Herbert double stacks are really the only one that makes it too chalky of uh, given mm-hmm. that yeah, Keenan, Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer and Herbert for that matter are going to be cash strong cash game options. So I think as long as you avoid that and Hopkins with those two running backs, like you're kind of already naturally getting contrarian. Yeah, I agree. Just yeah. Being really, really cognizant. Really of what we're What we're stacking around those chalk running backs is, is always really important. Um, but especially important this week when we got guys that could be hitting 30, 40% um, at that running back spot um, where we haven't been on a hot streak is on these underdog picks. Every week we've been building an underdog card and we are yeah, destined right. to get off the schneid on this one. We are going to get hot. It's going to happen. You guys are going to ride with us. Um, every week we go on underdog, play their pick them game, build an underdog card. Uh, it is a game that kind of lends itself because you have to pick at least two. It does lend itself to some of these DFS ideas. Sometimes we can build in um, some, some small correlation here, but sometimes we just have plays that really stand out. Um, so let's go ahead and get that up on the screen. And uh, I have a couple that I like, but if you have one that stands out, um, we could start with you as well. I know it hurt us last week, but I think we go right back to the well with Terry McLaurin over receiving okay. yards. Yep. Uh, the the betting boys, Connor Noonan, Connor Allen and Ryan Noonan released it in the Discord as well uh, at 60 and a half. I understand it's already 67, so we're not getting CLV, but also 
at four for four, we still have McLaurin projected for 20 more yards in this number. So I think we're still getting good value here. Uh, McLaurin leading this team in target share the last five games by a wide margin, and more importantly, held on to his 20% target share this past week and Jahan Dotson's return. So yeah, I mean, the volume and opportunity are still there. Yeah, we have. Uh, I have a little bit more to say about Terry a little bit later in the show, so yes. I'll save that. But uh, he is a guy that uh, is in a really good spot this week. Um, I also like what the um, our our prop guys were saying, Ron, uh, Connor, and and Ryan. And one that really stood out to me here is the Jimmy G passing attempts. They have him at thirty point five passing attempts. I like the under on this number one because what they have been crazy efficient um they, they've been scoring through through efficiency um they're not going to necessarily be a super high volume team and, and when they have to be it's because they're getting pushed they're not just going to push it on their own they're eight and a half point favorites so i think the under on jimmy g 30.5 passing tips is a pretty good number here i think he's only went over this number twice this year uh what do you think about that i completely agree uh, i i've been looking more at that Team total, 26 and a half points, continuing to increase. Uh, we don't trust the Saints defense, so even though they are getting healthier, looks like Marshawn Lattimore may play in that game. But overall, like I think I'm looking more at that as one-off pieces, not like Jimmy G stacks, because I do think this, the 49ers just dominate. So I completely agree. I think it's under, and that's why I also worry about like Christian McCaffrey in this slate. Christian McCaffrey does have the highest ceiling of all running backs, but also we've seen now two games in a row when they're up by even when they're up by seven to 10 points, that becomes Elijah Mitchell hammer time to keep McCaffrey yeah. healthy. So yeah, uh, I think we are getting under and um, you know, I, I'm, we're not going to bet it here, but I kind of think under on Christian McCaffrey props as well. Maybe safe. Uh, do you have a, a third leg to this parlay that you like? Hmm. Let's go. Two, I'm looking at all our props right now. Uh, what about Latavius Murray lines, whether it be receiving or rushing? 16.5 rushing yards, 11.5 receiving. Yards. I was hoping for receptions, but they don't have it up. Okay. Because yep. Latavius Murray, a good option here. Um, hmm. You mentioned Antonio Gibson earlier. What about Antonio Gibson props? Oh, we got uh, quite a few numbers here. I mean, the one that pops to me at two and a half receptions seems, I mean, th he's been getting all of the passing game work since. Uh, uh, Brian Robinson's route rate has decreased in three consecutive games. Yeah. Like they, they continue to increase Gibson's workload in the passing game and literally keep taking away from Robinson as JD McKissick now in IR, no one else arriving to take away Mc, uh, Gibson's role. So yeah, let's go over receptions. Over receptions, double down on Washington pass game. Jimmy, G, Jimmy G under on the passing attempts, smash that $25 to win one fifty. Uh, we always share this card on the Twitter after hopefully those numbers are still up. Um, once we, uh, uh, once we post them after the show. So if you haven't signed up yet, go to four for slash underdog, or use a promo code four for four. When you sign up for a new underdog account, that'll get you a free DFS subscription and a 100% deposit match up to $100. Again, that will be on our Twitter after the show, but hopefully you're watching live to make sure you lock those numbers in before they move. Good luck on those. Let's move on to the meat and potatoes of the show, our DFS value picks of the week. Who do you got at quarterback this week? 
talked about contrarian stacks you can play around Jeff Wilson and Rashad White. And to me, it starts with Lamar Jackson. Uh, we have not seen a ceiling game from Lamar Jackson now, literally in seven weeks. He's scored over 18 points one time in that span, whereas he opened the season with 21 and 240 burgers. But this could be the spot. Uh, Jacksonville's defense falling apart, literally dead last in Football Outsiders' defensive DVOA metric over the last month. And also, we now sort of see the most talented players getting more opportunity. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, these last three games without Rashad Bateman, a 21% target share as a downfield threat. Isaiah Likely out this contest. So we think we're getting even more opportunity for Mark Andrews as well. And the Jaguars, of course, I'm kind of stealing the analysis from one of my other plays in this show. But uh, the Jaguars, of course, also second to last. And DVOA against tight ends and fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. So, uh, yeah, I, I all over Lamar Jackson in a potential bounce back spot here and running it back with either Christian Kirk or Travis Etienne. Again, you talk about pivots off the chalk, like both those players are going to be, especially Christian Kirk on DraftKings. It's a weird salary, which means he's going to go overlooked, but it's just a, it's a great matchup for him from the slot against Baltimore. So I like this game overall to get contrarian with. Yeah, for my um, for my GPP write up, I I wrote up the the four I, I guess what you would call obvious games, whether in terms of like over under or team totals. Um, but this is one that I think is a sneaky game to stack, and the the Lamar ceiling game feels like it has to be coming. Um, I I got I got bad Baltimore taste in my mouth last week after we got uh we got bent over on the Kenyon Drake uh, oh, last minute out. Ima- uh, imagine <laughs> late swapping as I did to thirty five percent Kenyon Drake. Oh my. yeah, it was a it was a rough rough scene out there. But uh, Lamar's going to save us um, against this Jaguars defense. I I actually think that um, that that that's a uh, one that if if I end up getting carried away with number of lineups I build that that's one that could definitely sneak into my um, player pool. One that is probably going to be pretty obvious and is going to be most people's cash game quarterback. Uh, Geno Smith against the Raiders, 7,600 FanDuel, $6,000 on DK in a game with a 47.5 point uh, game total. Uh, Seattle over the last six weeks, their third in passing rate over expectation and fifth in neutral pace. The hope is that th- um, those trends push the Raiders a little bit more rather than vice versa. Uh, the Raiders are one of the easiest teams to attack, whether it be on the ground or through the air. They're 31st in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks last in pass EPA per play allowed 30th in adjusted sack rate. So just, uh, it seems like a team that should be getting good pressure, but uh, their, their secondary lets down the front of that uh, defensive line a lot. So been pretty tough on them. Uh, Seattle games are averaging the fourth, most total points per week. So that's always a positive. The Raiders have allowed just two teams to go under their team total. So really good chance that uh, Seattle goes over that 25.75 mark. And we have Gino as a top three value on both sides. He's our top overall quarterback value on a DraftKings. What do you think he's going to be rostered on DraftKings? That's where I'm worried about him. I, I think that in cash games, he'll be the cash game play. Um, I that think means, that means he's definitely going to be I rostered. Think, I think, though, for tournaments. I, no, I think quarterback ownership is going to be. I have it spread out really evenly amongst like I, I don't have anybody in that like like usually our most popular quarterback in tournaments we have in that seventeen point five. It's very like Josh Allen's the only guy that we ever I think we've projected all year above twenty percent. Um, I 
think there's too many good spots this week for it to get out of hand. Like maybe Gino comes in at like 15 and Herbert comes in at 11 or something like that. Uh, but I have like four guys in that 10 to 15% range. And then another chunk in the, the five to 10% range, like seven and a half percent range. I don't think it gets out of hand just because there's so many good spots this week. Well, I, I love a particular double or game stack for that one, a double stack with Gino and a Raiders run back. Um, I, yeah. Will, I, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit as we go along here. Even though Gino is probably is clearly the best value play in a vacuum. I think people are going to find it easier and, and uh, more intriguing to stack like double stack Herbert or stack um, just players on both on the Cardinals and the Chargers side. And then in this game, I, I think it is, you can get a little bit unique. I, I, I don't think Lockett is going to get a ton of ownership. Um, I, I think probably only Devonte on the Raiders side gets uh, like, relatively high ownership as far as the pass catchers go so i think it's a little bit easier to get unique piece so even if gino does come in as like uh, even like at 16 percent in large field stuff i think it's pretty easy to bring down the uh overall ownership of of gino stacks i kind of think foster moreau given how cheap he is that he may get a little steamed on DraftKings, honestly because if you're paying down he's the most obvious pay down sure um yeah that that could I mean, I I like a few other paydowns um, that are going yeah. to be 2% rostered, but I, I genuinely think he just pops as the paydown. Um, staying in this game, in the Raiders-Seattle um, game, you like one of the running backs. And I like one of the running backs with Geno Smith. That's the best way to play him, honestly, because before the bye, uh, remember Ken Walker, 100% of Seattle's backfield touches, a season-high eight targets for a 24% target share, and a season-high 76% route rate. So he not only is getting all the carries, he's also getting all the passing down work, assuming that usage sticks. So yes, Ken Walker again, I expect to be 25-30% rostered on DraftKings. So honestly, like I am either playing him only one of two ways. I am playing him with Geno Smith or with the Seahawks defense and then getting off the Raiders entirely. Those are the only two ways I'm playing him. Yeah, I haven't built um, cash lineups yet, but I I think probably uh, Walker should fit pretty neatly into lineups with Shad White and Jeff Wilson. I, I, honestly, I for his salary, he should be he should be 7,500, 7,600. He's not. He's yeah. like 7K, so he fits. Trust me. Yeah, I agree with you about the um, Walker stacks in in-game stacks if you are thinking about him in tournaments. The thing I wrote up in, in my GPP write-up is uh, he makes more sense in game stacks because obviously the past game work and he's he's going to more like speed up the pace of the game because he's going to break off these long runs. We're on the other side. If you're playing Josh Jacobs, he kind of makes more sense as a standalone play or um, like a mini correlation play because the Raiders can use Josh Jacobs to, to slow the game down. So like if he's getting his 100 yards and a touchdown or whatever, that, that probably slows down the shootout potential of this game where Ken Walker could actually lean into the shootout potential of this game. And I do think there is a clear player, clear to roster between Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna save that for the Discord. Save that for the Discord drink. Um, my <laughs> running back, uh, Jeff Wilson, seventy seven hundred Fandle, fifty nine hundred DK versus Houston. Uh, seems like he should be the obvious play. Ownership would point to him being uh, the obvious play. But uh, for those listening, I just want to point out. This is a play that probably if I am leaning into the chalk, 
it's almost certainly Wilson over Rashad White. Um, Raheem Mostert is doubtful. I mean, doubtful means usually means out at this point. Uh, last game, we saw Wilson go for 143 total yards on 19 touches, and that was on just 61% of the snaps. If Mostert is out, um, that snap share should be 80-85%, assuming they don't get up so big that they're pulling starters. But um, at least as long as they're, they're going with it, Wilson will be um, in the game. Houston, 31st. And schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs last an explosive rush rate allowed they're facing the highest rush rate relative to expectation they've allowed 20 plus half ppr points in over half of their games that's happened six times no other team has given up four 20 plus point games uh so they give it up and they give it up very big like tony pollard last week like the missed opportunity with rashad white and laird fournette uh, I'm playing Jeff Wilson no matter what, but we do want Raheem Mostert, that game time call, we want him to be active because we want as much ownership off of uh, Wilson as we can possibly get. So like if Mostert's active, you go even more heavier on Jeff Wilson. That's what we're hoping for here. Otherwise, it's too obvious of a play. Yeah, and actually I forgot to mention when you brought up Ken Walker, I believe out of the chalk running backs, I think he's the only late chalk running back so that could actually lean into um yeah that, that could really swing what we end up doing yeah he's the only late uh chalk running back that's going late so you can um you can roster walker and and then kind of decide if you want to hold him or not depending on how your lineup does early because you're probably gonna have some pretty chalky running backs early you should and hopefully a contrarian piece or two and that'll let you decide what you want to do with walker um both cash and, and tournaments really you could you should be late swapping in cash as well so that's um interesting point to make uh let's go back to that raiders uh seattle game and talk about one of your wide receivers well we have tyree kill projected for the highest well no 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 tyree kill projected for significantly higher ownership than Devonte adams who we have projected with the highest ceiling, and rightfully so, because now we've seen him over the last three games account for 40% of the Raiders' team targets. He's seen 17, 14, and 13 targets the last three games. Uh, I, I think even in cash games, like you are finding a way to Devontae Adams over Tyreek Hill, and more importantly, like in tournaments as well, if you're playing the Seahawks, like Adams is, is such a such a great spot. And on DraftKings in particular, again, if people aren't paying for Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, I really think they're playing Foster Moreau given the widely known and touted Seahawks defense against tight ends. Um, and thus, I think it's going to open up a little bit of safety for us in tournaments to play Devontae Adams under roster compared to what he should be. So, yeah, I love Adams for every reason involved. Yeah, it won't be ex as extreme as last week where I think he was ended up sub 5%. No, and definitely um, he, not given uh, Broncos defense. I, no one was going to play yeah. him on there. He's, he still will be in that that second or, or third tier just because um, like Miami stacks are going to are gonna bring Tyreek Hill up. Um, uh, Hopkins kind of the same, like in that high salary, people are going to be stacking that game pretty heavily. So Devontae won't, I don't think he'll be single digits, but he'll be like, low tens which is still still pretty good given his ceiling like you said uh compared to uh, other guys the highest um 
on the slate. We already talked about uh, Terry McLaurin in the player prop section, uh, but he has a value in DFS still 7,500 Fandle, still sub 6K, 5,800 on DK against Atlanta. Uh, pretty much what we've said the last couple of weeks uh, with Taylor Heineke, third in target share, first in air yard share, seven plus targets per game in all five of those games, averaging 8.6 targets per game. In those games, Atlanta is last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, we have him projected as a top-four value on both sides. He's our number one wide receiver value on DraftKings. So uh, on DK, locking him into um, cash games and tournaments, I, I think at 7,500 on FanDuel, even though we have him as a top four value, I don't think he'll be that popular because it's not super cheap, and uh, he's just isn't. People just aren't going to be stacking that game. So I think he actually makes for a pretty good tournament play on FanDuel. Definitely, since you know, just consider it like Tony Pollard last week, honestly, where uh, he was a Pollard was an amazing play on FanDuel because like that's where you had to pay up for him, so people naturally get off for him. But yeah. McLaurin is priced correctly. Not that it's a bad price, but it's correct on FanDuel, whereas on DraftKings, he just got left behind. So he's going to be significantly higher rostered on DraftKings. Uh, very quickly, also, going back to Devontae Adams, just remember that last week, for example, let's just take the slant, the $9 tournament, 2x minimum cash line. Uh, I think it's fair given the rate, given the, the large field entry. The payout is, is amazing, 100K to first. But just remember that Devontae Adams in that blow-up game and Jamal Williams in that blow-up game weren't in the winning tournament lineup, like neither of them, because lineup construction still rules all. Yeah. And so like, just remember these things. Like that's why when we mention, oh, like this play is a good play. Even if he gets there though, it doesn't matter if it doesn't allow you to then be unique with your lineup construction. So just be wary. And maybe Devontae Adams is your piecing it together. You say, oh, I actually don't think people can get to him. So he's the unique play. Just something to think about. Yeah, that's 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 a really, really good point. Um. One game that is going to be uh, one of the most popular to stack, but we haven't talked about yet, is going to be uh, Arizona and the Chargers. Talk to me about a player from the Arizona side. If we are waiting on late swap, and we definitely are, uh, I what I'm doing for this week is I am building two dummies. I am having a build with Greg Dortch at 3,100 on DraftKings. I think he's fine on Vandal as well, but I'm building with Greg Dortch uh, a lineup I'm screenshotting it to remember what that lineup was. And then I'm building another lineup that I can late swap if Greg Dortch, who is a game time decision, did not practice at all this week, is ruled out. But if Greg Dortch plays at 3,100, I'm absolutely soaking it up. Um, even going back to this past game, nine catches for 103 yards with Rondo Moore injured in the first quarter. Just remember, we've already seen this three times this year, and Greg Dortch has at least four catches and 55 yards, and every game that Rondo Moore, all four, has been injured or inactive in. Um, also, a 17.9% target share in those four games compared to a 2.3% target share in seven games that Moore has been available. Cliff Kingsbury offense does not change. It's the same thing every single week. Uh, and with Rondo Moore out, Greg Dorr just plays the slot completely and gets hammered targets, whether it's Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray under center. So I, I'm literally leaving that spot open. I want to play Greg Dortch in late swap in the afternoon uh, as a game time call with no one else on him. I absolutely want to hammer him. Uh, yeah. And, and we see, uh, I, I believe we already saw reports that even with Hollywood Brown uh, coming back, uh, he should be very, limited. very limited. Uh, so that helps Dortch um, as well. Uh, are there, if, if he, doesn't 
or if he doesn't play, um, I know you said you already are going to have a screenshot um, for another lineup built. Would you have any interest in uh, playing Trey McBride if Greg Dorch is out? I am so biased because I don't think Trey <laughs> McBride is ready to be good in the NFL. Um, and I've, I've been a minority opinion the whole time. Uh, I had people scream at me in the waivers because I also even mentioned that like I am I just I had him low on the priority list last yeah. week. Uh, he's he's earned a target. And remember, he's playing these snaps, even going back to earlier this year without Zach Ertz. And Trey McBride has still earned a target on just 6.4% of his routes run. Like, I just don't think he's ready to play in the NFL. So um, on DraftKings, it makes sense. Like, as we mentioned, if Foster Moreau does, does end up getting steamed, it's a question I've also asked myself. I think I prefer just to play James Conner, though. Uh, I, yeah. I, I really like James Conner at 5%, 8% in that in tournaments. The only reason I asked about McBride is because I'm looking at these late swap games, Raiders, Seahawks, Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Niners, Rams, Chiefs, and you're probably not going to have like a, a perfect one V one in terms of salary. Um, if you want it, whether going off Dorch or to Dorch. So most likely you're going to ha- want to have like a, 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 at least a two player swap. If you are having Dorch in there, cause so you would likely just- go from what Dorch and Kelsey to to McBride and Hopkins something like that that would be like the closest one otherwise you're otherwise you're probably want to be swapping like a 2v2 going from a high low to like two mid players most likely and I've I've already toyed around with it I kind of have an idea what I'm going to do but it's definitely something uh it's the strategy I want to take into tonight and just make sure I have all my eggs in a row set the set the iPhone timer to go off at like 2:30 to remind myself to check in actives just to make sure I'm on top of it it's something I absolutely want to be ahead of the field on is this is where we are in 2022 I want to be ahead on Greg Dorch TJ when Daigle says 2:30 he does not live in a real time zone guys so don't get too confused I can't stand when you mention are we recording at like 9 a.m Pacific time this week it's like dude just everyone talks in Eastern. Even the Wait. move the line boys know. Like I get so upset when they mention Central, and I live in Central. It's like just everyone talk at Eastern, make our lives easier for everyone. We need a um, um an app and and text messaging in Slack, like in Discord, it just automatically changes it to your local time zone. We need that for all other. Even apps. though I will say I'm one of the few people having lived in LA for five years, uh, I am one of the few people who came away and still defends. Dude, when that when those football games end, when the night game ends at 8:30, you want to talk about the nuts. Like that's oh, man. the nut oh. setting for any time zone whatsoever. Football ending at 8:30 at night is the best. Yeah, I haven't not drank on a Sunday night since uh the early 80s. Um <laughs> Josh Palmer in that same game with Greg Dortch, uh 6800 Fandle, 5400 DK. That game is a 48 point over under. It's a game we're going to be targeting with uh as many of the pass catchers as we can in that game. But I think uh Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen are both very cash viable. Um, uh, but Josh Palmer uh sticking out to me uh with Mike Williams out because he is kind of the uh the obvious perimeter replacement um, with Keenan Allen manning the slot Palmer eight plus targets in his last four games that he's been active with at least 10 in three of those games um, over the last six weeks, Chargers seventh in passing rate over expectation fourth in neutral pace. Uh, this is the only game actually on the main slate with two teams in the top 10 in pace over the last six weeks and top 11 in pass rate over expectations. So these teams should be pushing each other and um, always a, a underrated thing to pay attention to when you're targeting any passing game, especially with um, 
quarterbacks that aren't super mobile is the O-line, D-line matchups. Chargers are third in adjusted sack rate allowed, according to Football Outsiders. The Cardinals are 27th in adjusted sack rate on defense, so that's a really good matchup for Herbert, which should give him time to hit Palmer on some of those routes. Just make sure your ducks in a row, because again, Palmer, Wilson, White, uh, you're already screwed. Like I imagine you may already be losing, honestly, in tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. That's like um, that genuinely might carry 95, 98% ownership, just those three players. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's move on to tight end. Actually, this is we have I, I feel like we haven't had this opportunity a lot because Chiefs have been off the main slate a lot. Andrews has been hurt a bunch. So we really haven't had a lot of weeks where we need to to make the decision between um Kelsey and Andrews. Obviously, Kelsey is scoring seven points more per game than the field, but I mean Kelsey Andrews is always a debate we need to have, right? And I don't think it's a surprise that out of Baltimore's bye with Mark Andrews missing week nine, he had 21 days to heal and he returned with his highest target share, 24% and his most targets eight since week six. Also quietly, Isaiah likely ruled out. So we expect even yeah, more time for Mark Andrews. And just last week, Demarcus Robinson, Mark Andrews, who are, who we already mentioned, both of them with Lamar Jackson, uh, they soaked up, 52% of the team's targets. And Devin DuVernay is questionable for this game as well. Like, what if this just becomes A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith that, without Dallas Goddard, and they say, we have two good players, and they are getting all of our targets. That soaks up and makes it a condensed target tree to double stack uh, with a quarterback who right now at 4-4, we have projected with the highest ceiling. So I, I just, it kind of all is just fitting into place right now. Jaguars also only, quote unquote, only 4.1 catches per game allowed the tight ends, but 13 and a half yards per catch. So if we expect Andrews to soak up targets, we expect them to soak up big targets. So yeah, it's just, it's all, it's all fitting into place to Andrews for being number one tight end on this slate. Yeah, and we have a huge sample size of Baltimore doing this, just feeding Mark Andrews 28, 30% of the targets. Obviously, he hasn't been on the field as much as we like. People have been excited about likely, but if if we look at like what the Baltimore, their their median expectation is, it's just feeding one or two guys. So I, I really like that call. Um, yeah, I think I need to think about Baltimore a little bit more because because Baltimore and Jacksonville, that's a that's a really good spot. Um, and I, I think it's I, the more I think about it, I, I think I think Andrews and, and Lamar just end up getting overshadowed because there's so many good spots this week. Um, I'm oh you're you're muted you're muted Diggle. Lamar definitely given the pricing yeah. of Herbert Gino Lamar also is priced around Mahomes on Fanduel so like Lamar definitely. Yeah. Um, you've already mentioned this guy a couple times, Foster Moreau, 5,400 Fandle, 3,400 DK at Seattle. Um, we've brought that game up multiple times. Obviously it's a game that we want to be targeting, but, uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are still out. Uh, the, the only reason I don't know if Moreau gets crazy steamed is because, uh, people are probably cold on Dulcich at this point. So he's probably the guy that gets mixed lost in the mix with these cheap tight ends. Um, but I think Hayden Hurst might be popular now that Jamar is rolled out a, a full day before um, kickoff. So people are going to have time to adjust. So I think Hurst could be a little bit popular. I don't think Moreau gets to like 20% or anything like that. His targets haven't been 
high, but he has played at least 95% of the snaps in every game since the bye. In that time, he leads all tight ends in route participation. As you mentioned, Seattle last in tight end schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position. And uh, he is our, if we, uh, if we look at filter for ceiling, he is our top ceiling tight end on DraftKings. Foster Moreau is. Yep. And again, if you're playing Seattle stack, I think I'm still finding a way to get to Devontae Adams. Um, not only for the obvious ceiling, but just because I, I really think people are going to sneak in Foster Moreau here as the cheapest option when, you know, just to name a few, Logan Thomas, uh, Tyler Conklin. I think there are a lot of good cheap options rather than soaking up 15% Foster Moreau, if even he's that low. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think, I don't think he'll be like, like he's not going to be contrarian necessarily. I just, he, I just don't think he'll be the, I don't think he'll be over 15%. Um, who's the defense you like this week? Well, if everyone's going to play the one that you're talking about, then I'll just go up a little bit or around to the same price. And uh, remember, Sam Darnold, when he was the QB one overall through the first month of the season, whenever DJ Moore, who everyone is back to touting because we've come full circle, that the, we wanted to get off of DJ Moore last year. We wanted better quarterback play. And now everyone's excited about Sam Darnold. Yeah, remember, man. that that performance, that month for the Panthers came against the league's easiest schedule, which is also why in mm-hmm. redraft leagues, we said Sam Darnold for the first four to six games, and then you get off of him. Like, that's how you patch together your quarterbacks. Uh my my touting last year was Sam Darnold six weeks and then Trey Lance the second half of the season. Trey Lance, of course, who never played anyway, so it didn't matter at all. But I was aware of the schedule to open the year, and it doesn't sure. seem like everyone else that's now touting DJ Moore is aware of the schedule. So, right. yes, Sam Darnold is still very bad at professional quarterbacking. DJ Moore, I'm not scared of whatsoever. And if everyone's going to believe that narrative and doesn't understand the context of last year, then I will absolutely go overweight on the Broncos defense, which is still amazing. Like it, the Raiders only had 16 points in that game, uh, and it came down to that long overtime throw and busted coverage for them to lose. So I'm absolutely going the Broncos against the Panthers here. Yeah, we we look at things like like ownership being hard to predict and chalk hitting super hard, and it's easy to say the field's getting so much sharper. Everyone knows what they're doing, and then you get these DJ Moore stances, and it's like, well, I guess they're still an edge. um you talked about the defense everybody's going to be playing on FanDuel. chiefs are forty nine hundred dollars so they won't be crazy popular but they all are huge favorites and you could fit in that kind of salary on FanDuel. so people will play them but on DraftKings, i mean i i we haven't seen a pricing error like this on defense maybe all year we've had popular defenses but it's kind of just been like a, a good spot for the chiefs to be 15 point favorites and price 2800 on dk i mean i i guess like Stafford wasn't officially out yet. So that's how it, it, it got priced. But um, everybody is going to play the chiefs at 2800 on DK against the Rams, play them in cash. That's fine. You don't need to worry about ownership in cash. And in ter- I'm just not doing it in tournaments. It might, it might hit, but I'll, I'll play them on Fanduel because they're 15 point favorites. I'm not playing a 40% defense in tournaments, but uh, you know, we've seen it happen this year. So again, if that's how we die, that's how we die. Uh, we have seen it, but this situation is closer to Cincinnati against Cooper Rush than it is any other like twenty percent defense. So sure. it's just like again, this is this is just very easy. Stay off of them in tournaments, and if a 40 percent defense kills you, so be it. Just go down yeah. with it. Uh, Bryce Perkins, undrafted free agent, starting for the Rams. Casey third in adjusted sack rate. Uh, Rams twenty fifth in adjusted sack rate allowed. Um, 
Perkins could move a little bit, but uh, if they get up big, he's going to be in a world of trouble. So uh, play the Chiefs in in uh, cash and uh, tournaments on FanDuel. Pretty much. Uh, this is Saturday because uh, Thanksgiving week, so Discord Shore is tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Discord tomorrow at 7.45 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, 10.45 a.m. Eastern time. If you haven't... Um, Signed up for the 444 subscription yet? You can get access for just $14. Just go to our regular sign-up page, and the deal is only $14. Uh, We go through Super Bowl, so you're getting a ton of value on that. We still have so much time in the regular season, let alone playoff DFS, so get signed up for that. Um, Or if you haven't signed up for Underdog yet, go to 444.com slash underdog. Use the promo code 444 when you sign up for a new Underdog account. That'll get you a free four for four subscription plus a 10% deposit match up to a $100. Um, if you are watching on the YouTubes, please like the video, please subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on audio, please rate and review. Give us a five-star rating review on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter. Daigle's at not Jay Daigle. I'm at teacher Hernandez. Four for four is at four for four football. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning.